You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. So Apple's released its iPhone X. We've, we've found all the speculation, all the rumors and stuff that were there for the months leading up to this launch. A lot of them actually turned out to be true. Mm-hmm. The edge-to-edge OLED screen, which was the new technology that's been available in Samsung phones for plenty of time. time yep. It gives you a very bright, rich, detailed, high-resolution screen. Well, they've finally taken that to replace the Retina screens that have been featured on iPhones, mm-hmm. which are not bad screens at all. This is the next level of, yep. of brightness and color and definition. They're going to be expensive. I think they're going to be in Australian dollars. It's uh, about eighteen hundred and thirty or forty dollars to buy the think, yeah. yeah to buy the top of the line phone, which is a truckload of money just for a phone. I mean, you could buy yourself a really good desktop computer or a laptop for that money, yeah. even from Apple. It's a lot to and pay it, for a phone. It has been the year of the bezel-less smartphones, and the iPhone X or iPhone Ten is certainly going down that path, where they're really thin bezels all the way around, except for that kind of top-notched-out section on the device, which has got the cameras involved in it. Yeah, and the sensors and stuff doesn't, in there. doesn't look amazing to me. I look, uh, speaking from purely biased Android fanboy, mm. uh, my understanding is you've got the notification sections either side of this little cutout. You, you've got, whether you're on a wireless network or not, you've got your airport icon and you've got your battery and battery percentage mm. left on either side of that little black area. So the screen covers the whole of the face apart from a top, small section at the top, which has got a bunch of sensors including a camera which reads your face. One big change is they've moved completely away from the Touch ID, now using what they call Face ID. You don't have the phone on, it can be just sitting on a table. You put your face in proximity to it, it fires up a bunch of lasers, basically, that map map your face very accurately. And you do the same kind of process as you used to when you taught the phone to recognize your fingerprint by sort of multiple moving of your finger around on the fingerprint scanner. Well, this, you go through a similar process. Mm -hmm. It maps your face, you move your face from side to side and up and down it maps your face apparently it was a one in 50,000 chance of someone using a fingerprint to get into your device mm-hmm. without authorization mm-hmm. with face id it's one in a million so yeah. apple is claiming it's it's substantially more secure than fingerprint id so is, but that's also the the actual user can finds it difficult to get into their device with the face id as well isn't it well there's the possibility that was, of that because that was what, during the presentation there was that famous moment where Craig Federici, he, he couldn't open the phone, but yeah. he had to go to a backup phone. Now, there may have been reasons. It's what, one reason that I think is most likely mm. is that, for example, on my phone, mm. um, if I switch the battery out or I turn it off and turn it back on, I can't use the fingerprint unlock straight away. What I need to do is enter in my knock code, which is a series of it's quadrants, and I just knock on that. Once I've done that, then I've full range to use the unlock with the fingerprint. So I suspect it could be because it hadn't been originally unlocked via the the, the passcode, then the face lock unlock wouldn't work. But then there was an, another sort of theory that, that came out online that you were telling me about as well, wasn't it? Where When they're on stage and it's obviously a big media event, televised and simulcast and streamed through their website and YouTube and so on, that he may have had some makeup on mm-hmm. and that the phone had been trained to recognise his face without makeup mm-hmm. and because he did sort of seem to be wiping, wiping his cheeks a little bit yeah. while he was waiting to get the backup phone working. That could have been uh, like a nervous kind of just... Yeah, yeah. it could, exactly. Now, I've actually just come across something when this is on 9to5Mac. Apple has apparently officially clarified what happened on stage when the first demo of the Face ID technology didn't go as planned. They explained that the demo iPhone X had been handled by several people before being set up at the demo table by 
Craig Federighi. Face ID had tried to authenticate the faces of everyone who handled the device and after failing, the iPhone X moved to require a password. So exactly what you're suggesting. Mm -hmm. It's got a default setting in the software which says, if I can't recognize a face after so many attempts, Mm -hmm. I go back to requiring a a numerical six-digit passcode to be entered. And so rather than Craig doing that on stage, he just moved to a backup phone. See, um, I like the uh, fingerprint unlock, but you know, I can see that this will have its advantages as well with the face unlock. But there's people that are not going to want to use it, but they haven't got the choice to go back to fingerprint unlock. If you want to unlock your device, you have to put your passcode in there or you just turn the locking ability completely off. The issue that I can see around this face unlock is that you you, know, you have to pull your phone out of your pocket and you have to look at your device. Mm. There are actually occasions where I might uh, you know not need to look at my device, but I might need to activate it for some reason. So mm. it could be that I just pull it out of my pocket and I've already kind of activated and turned the screen on before I've even turned it toward my face. Mm. So with the fingerprint unlock, it's on the back of my phone in the middle to the middle top of the device, Mm. put my hand in my pocket and then I'm unlocking the phone as I'm pulling it in my pocket and then I'm looking at my screen. There's a microsecond where it goes from black to on. Mm. But if you're picking it up and then looking at device, then you've got to wait. Now I know we're talking about microseconds here, Mm. but there still is a slight lag if doing that process. Look, everyone's so used to just picking up the phone and, and you know that beautiful combination of the home button, which we all know and understand what it does. It takes you back to your home screen. It can, you can double hit it and move between applications and screens that are available on the phone. Um, but and I reckon there'll be a lot of people who'll be quite resistant to actually um, doing away with that. And I think that and that's where the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, which are kind of updates to the iPhone 7 last year's model, very very similar phone in size and screen size, mm-hmm. screen technology. Don't have the OLED display, mm-hmm. but do still have the Touch ID sensor. Yep. So a lot of people will be happy with that. The chip is the same. The performance in a lot of respects is going to be the same as the iPhone X. But there will be people who will want that screen, who want that bright screen and want something new. Yeah. It is, from what I can see from the vision that I've seen of it, it does look like a beautiful phone, the iPhone X. The thing is that in a year's time, you can almost bet your bottom dollar that that, that OLED display will, will find its way onto other models as well. Sure. At the moment, when they bring out new technology, they tend to put it into the top-of-the-line phone. So the 5S had the first fingerprint scanner. Mm-hmm. I've got one sitting on the table right in front of me mm-hmm. now. It still works fine. So I'm kind of primed for an update. Sure. At the time when it was released, it was the only one that had that Touch ID sensor. And then sure enough, the year later, it all became very commonplace. One of the things I liked, which Androids have for some time, is the, so the gesture on the screen. So when you want to access certain uh, you know, your notifications, you swipe down from the top. Mm. Or if you want to access your settings, I think it's a sort of a half swipe or there's sort yeah. of different quadrants on the screen. The, so. the older phones have done the same thing. Yeah. So you can swipe from the edge up off to down or from left to right and you can bring in different functions. That And that's, that's just part of the operating system. It's got, as I mentioned, the Super Retina HD display, which is that OLED display, organic LED. One of the possible reasons for the delays in releasing this, one of the things that I was going to say in this story is that there are people who are you know, full-on Apple freaks who queue up and desperately want to get their hands on the latest mm-hmm. phone. They don't care what it costs them. They'll go on a plan and they'll pay a lot of money every month for the mm-hmm. next two years. They may be waiting longer than expected. It's possible that we won't actually have these in sort of in good supply until early next year. Because you can pre-order from late October, can't you? Yeah, you, you yeah. can, even though Australia is one of the, the kind of main countries, apart from the US, European countries and Japan. Australia is considered it's a very good market for iPhones. So they are going to release it here before a lot of other places, but they you could expect delays. You know, that, So don't hold your breath if you're uh, really, really desperate to get one. 
apparently the black on it looks really good. It's got that new chip, the A11 Bionic chip with a 64-bit architecture, neural engine, embedded M11 mo- motion processor. It's got a glass back because it's got the wireless charging That's right. As well. It's got the wireless charging. So that's another thing. But so does the iPhone 8. Mm-hmm. It's also got the glass back. It's also got that same A11 Bionic chip. Mm-hmm. So a lot of similarities between the two. For a lot of people who like the Touch ID method and, the, and are used to using that home button, they may choose to stick with the iPhone 8 and it'll also save quite a bit of money. Look, people have gotten used to not having the headphone jack uh, on, on the, the iPhone 7, I think it was. Um, not me. I, I actually want that. So my choice is going to be phones that continue to use the headphone jack and continue to use a home button or a power button with a fingerprint unlock. So if that means that I'm restricted on Android devices in future years, so be it. But they're the two of the things that I you know like to have on a device. The other thing that's quite good because it's got that edge-to-edge display, they can get a it's a, it's a more compact it's it's got a bigger display than the iPhone 8, but it's actually a smaller phone. Yes. Because they've gone to the edge and they don't have that bezel. There is still a slight line actually around the edge of it. The iPhone X is apparently available in Australia from the 3rd of November. You can pre-order from the 27th to the 10th. The iPhone 8 is available sooner, the 22nd of September it's going to be available so you can pre-order that if you want to you can look to trade in an existing phone depending on what the condition of the device is and which phone it is you could get up to 275 australian dollars in credit towards a new phone which might mm. make that 1830 dollar bill for the 256 gig iphone x a little bit more palatable so just comparing the iPhone X with the iPhone 8 Plus, which is the bigger of the two, the iPhone X is 5.8 inches. That's the, that Super Retina HD display. 5.5 inches for the iPhone 8. 12 megapixel wide angle and telephoto camera. Face ID obviously on the X. Both have the same chip. Both have wireless charging. Next year, I think Apple's saying they're going to release their own sort of charging mat for all these devices, but uh, I believe that you'll be able to buy... It's the key or the key wireless charging. Third-party ones anyway. So Belkin and a bunch of other manufacturers make these wireless charging pads. So you'll be able to buy from a third party and then just drop your phone onto it at night. Don't need to plug anything in and it just charges away. The pricing is on the basis of memory. There's a 64 gig and a 256 gig. So there's nothing in between. They used to have a 128 gig as a sort of middle model. They don't anymore. So starting with a 64 gig, the choice is either, either that or a 256 gig. These days, I just think with the amount of photos and uh, apps and data that you've got jammed into your phone you are better off to get the bigger memory storage if you can afford it just an idea on the screen resolution on the iphone x it's 2436 by 1125 pixel resolution at 458 ppi pixels per inch on the 8 it's 920 by 1080 which gives a pixel resolution of 401 pixels per inch much better contrast ratio on the uh, X display, one million to one contrast ratio, whereas on the uh, conventional HD retina display of the 8, it's 1300 to one, so massive difference. Mm, difference. Blacks and contrast will, will definitely look much better. The weight and the height, you get the bigger screen, as I mentioned, and it's a smaller device. It's 174 grams for the X versus 202 grams for the 8. 
the chips are the same the cameras are similar 4k video recordings available and 30 frames per second or 60 frames per second if you want it so you can do your sort of super slow motion if you want super slow-mo video support at 1080p of 120 frames per second or 240 frames per second same for both it's an expensive device for me to decide whether what, what i'm going to i'm probably going to upgrade to one of them but for me to decide if i'm going to spend all that money i'm actually going to wait until i can get the iphone x in my hand yep. and just see how good that display mm. is whether that facial recognition technology works whether it's going to drive me crazy because you, you don't want to be having to smudge off your face or i don't know like redo photos of yourself to get in or you wind yep. up just punching in the numbers and the, the face recognition mm. doesn't work because it is handy to be able to tap your home button and get access to your phone rather than having to enter a, a passcode every time you do it they did announce an apple watch which actually looks really good which instead of needing to be mated to a phone that you carry around with you it's got it's a micro ne- sim or something it's now well. got it's yeah. got, a, got a nano sim in it it can now work directly with a, a cellular network mm-hmm. so you can cut the phone out mm-hmm. it's waterproof and it will stream music so you can have your little bluetooth earbuds in place and have your watch on and stream music from Apple any Music. Idea I don't think it works with other devices. Yeah, any idea on the battery life? Is that uh, always a downside? Yeah, well, they've said for the for the new iPhones, they've said expect an improvement by about two hours per day. Mm-hmm. So a significant improvement there in battery life. And I'm pretty sure just from the top of my head that the watch, it's like a whole day at least, yep. I think, for battery life there. So a lot to consider. I sat through and watched the keynote presentation, which I thought was pretty good. Just not as good as the way Steve Jobs used to do it. You know, it was there was a bit of a homage to Steve Jobs at the very beginning of it. The keynote was done in the Steve Jobs Theatre at mm-hmm. the new Apple campus mm-hmm. in Cupertino, California, which they haven't fully moved into. Apparently, it's it's such a big company. There's like you know tens of thousands of people that have got to move in there. It's a staged process. They're not fully in there. And sure. I don't think the facilities are completely finished, but the the theatre was named after the founder of the company, co-founder Tim Cook, the CEO, does a good job of being the anchor to the the keynote. Uh, he brings in other vice presidents of the company to do different things, software and uh, demonstrations and so on. But he kind of anchors it. He does a good job, but not a patch on Steve Jobs. Yeah. Steve Jobs really was the the ultimate showman for showcasing those products and getting you really enthused. They took a line off Steve Jobs at the end of it. They talked about the iPhone 8. They talked about the watch. They talked about software and augmented reality. And then at the very end of the show, they said, and one more thing, and that was the iPhone X. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows.